man, one voice that stands alone. I give one choice to man the throne. Stand good and take shots, give it all I got. All I got is this microphone. And we are live on Facebook. Another episode of our Monday Revelations with the Pulp Revelators. And this week we are into episode two of Falcon and Winter Soldier uh, on Disney Plus. And we were introduced directly this week to the US agent, though I don't think they've called him that specifically, um, John Walker, who is the new Captain America. Um, to which there have been some um, unknowing fans who I think, you know, who are saying not my Captain America and, and all kinds of things that, that maybe don't know the background of the story as much. Um, but this is, you know, a episode two, the action has not stopped. There's been lots of, and but now we have Bucky and Sam reunited and uh, in full lethal weapon mode. And uh, a lot of great stuff. So uh, we missed you guys last week, Team Mangle. What did you think of episode two? I, you know, I think it's interesting how WandaVision, we talked, there were always so many theories about different characters showing up. And here we are in this show. And then they pull out Isaiah. They pull out the Patriot. They pull, you know, there's four or five people that they dump in the middle. U.S. agent, Battlestar. I mean, there's all these people from the comics that come in. And it's almost like no one cares. It's, it almost it barely registered on the on the thing, which I think is pretty funny. But all in all, I like the series. I mean, I think Brooks likes it a tad more than I do. I mean, I I, I don't love it. I I think some of the writing, I, I I personally feel like I would like to have seen Bucky and Sam not like each other longer and more before. Yeah, I feel like they just kind of tell us they don't like each other and we don't really feel that I, I think that's one big criticism i have now here's the thing though when you say that no one cares about those characters i was actually looking them up on the marvel wiki and they're actually one like the most popular pages on there right now. well there's i mean that makes sense <laughs> that people are trying to find out as much information right um, about them but i mean and they're great i, I didn't now i will i mean fully transparent i didn't know any of those characters other than the patriot was the only one i'd ever heard of before that um but they you know i mean they've they've it, all of a sudden put you know four or five different characters that they pulled from the comics into the show which is including flag smasher right um and the power broker i mean they, they i mean that was a that was a heavy-handed episode as far as introducing new characters and and Gary, you may know more about the U.S. agent than the rest of us, but th their their backstory is a little different than the comics, yeah? Um, it's actually almost pretty close so far. Um, you know, both. Um, well, no, it's different. Um, I can't. I don't think they. I. No, it's the same. They served in the military together. Um, they got out and, you know, they left out some certain parts. Like I said, um, John Walker had become the super patriot first and he had these characters that were the three Buckies and one of them was Lamar and then Lamar became Battlestar, which is kind of interesting when he said that. And I, uh, that was probably one of my favorite part when he says that and Bucky's like, yeah, no, I'm getting out. Stop the car. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, was it was great. the same type of deal. He, he, in the comics, he wanted he didn't necessarily want to replace Steve Rogers. He wanted to be his own Captain America, but he wanted to do it well. 
Um, and it's interesting because they just, uh, they have, um, they just, I think I said this a few episodes ago, I hope they do this, but they just uh, re-offered a reprint of uh, the Epic Collection of the Captain in this month's uh, solicitation. So you can get like that whole story. And then there's a trade US agent that collects all the stories that happen afterwards. Um, the one thing about, well, the two things about this week that I really loved, loved, and I loved this episode um, was A, Baltimore, man, my hometown. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Isaiah Washington, the fact that they threw that character in there was absolutely incredible because that is a trade that I've been looking for for years and you cannot get it. I mean, on Amazon, just for the hardcover of it, that people are offering to sell it for $695. Ooh. Um, and that's from, it came on the early two thousands and it's called the truth, red, white, and blue. And basically it's a story of, um, you know, throughout comics, including Wolverine and everyone that they say that these guys were part, Weapon X was part of this program to try to recreate the next Captain America. That Captain America was like Weapon Zero. And so Weapon X was like the 10th iteration of these characters. Well, there's an iteration way back when, right after Cap, where basically um, the writer kind of took the concept of the Tuskegee Airmen experiment and wrapped it into um, them trying to create a super soldier with the super soldier serum a la Captain America. And um, Isaiah Washington was the only survivor. And just like in this, they kind of, um, you know, afterwards to keep it secret um, that there was a black Captain America, so to say, they, um, they basically arrested him and kept him secret and continued to experiment on him and really did some damage to him. And in doing that, like, I don't know if you guys, uh, remember but his grandson answered the door and mm. that's the patriot yeah from um from the uh the the uh young avengers series so now we have some more young avengers we have the patriot and we have the scarlet witch and visions children um which is a kind of neat tie-in but yeah just when they when they showed isaiah washington hey i really loved that story just because of you know the, the kind of social concept of the story that was written and just that they kind of um, rolled that into this storyline, you know, whenever the whole Captain America story of being created as a weapon, it sort of ends well for him. Mm -hmm. But every story all the way up there, I mean, when you talk about all these other stories, like, you know, Stephen King's Firestarter, um, which was like a ripoff of MK Ultra, um, you know, the experiments with um, mind altering drugs and all, all these other storylines, whenever the government tries to create human weapons, it never turns out good for the subjects. So um, the fact that somebody took that, twisted it in, but also did the social commentary on the Tsiki Airmen type of um, scenario. And now that I, you see that on the screen as well, especially in today, where it's really kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, help me out here. Uh, it's really- uh, it's, Relevant? Brother, thank you. That was, uh, you know, yeah. We should cause the, ourselves the pulp relevance. Um, but no, it was, um, it was a really uh, kind of relevant concept to put that in there, and they did it well. Mm -hmm. Mr. Sanders, how'd you, what's your take on uh, episode two? So I like where it's going so far. Um, it's developing, and I do like some of the Easter eggs and some of the characters that they're throwing in there. Um, I think Power Broker is an interesting uh, 
concept, if you will, for the show in that first much of the Marvel Universe or, or you know, the cinematic universe, we'd talk about how people were trying to redevelop the serum that created the original Avenger, Captain America. And of course, things went awry. They even threw Banner in there that he was kind of trying to do the same thing. And with the whole gamma ray and became, you know, the Hulk. And now here we go. We have somebody who's passing it out like candy, if you will, that you anybody can become super powered. And it reminded me a little bit of the whole thing from what, what was it in The Incredibles where he has syndrome and he says that we don't need supers anymore because once everybody's super nobody is or something you know something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that i i i, I <laughs> totally blew the quote which I, you know, but you sounded I mean, just like them and that was important that that's all i was really going for there was uh, yeah i need a swirl on my head um but you know that that whole thing of you know here we go we there could be a lot of different superheroes or super villains that could be created now because this serum is out there and so it, it's just i don't know just kind of interesting to me the direction it's going and you know whether whether you've read any of that in the comics or not it's kind of a neat thing to look at and what it could do to the uh marvel cinematic universe you know so just kind of my my thought absolutely joe what do you think have you have you are you up to speed i am i have seen uh the second episode of uh of it and it was great you know i liked a lot um i like that it is it's moving along you know i, I like the fact that it's i think you know, we only get these six episodes, but these episodes seem to be in that 45 to 50 minute range. So it kind of helps move the story along. I think with WandaVision, they were smaller half hour episodes. We only got a little bit of a story um, until you got to like the end. And I think like the last three chap episodes are a little bit longer, but I like this, that it's kind of longer. It gives you more of the story. It gets it moving with these guys, you know, already second episode, they're together um you know they're they've gone on a mission uh the mission didn't go quite as well as they expected it to go um and then you like you said you have this confrontation with uh john walker now where they stand as the, the both of them together and then also just dealing with their own issues like bucky's still dealing with this issue of you know where he fits in and, and getting past that trauma um and then with sam you know, he he kind of went the route of, I'm just going to let it go. Forget it. You know, let's, I'll put it down. We'll get through it and then we'll be done. I think somewhere in there, the issue that Sam is having uh, is going to come to light somewhere in there, you know, as opposed to he just did the right thing. There's something else behind there. Um, and then the other, you know, and then, like I said, for me, the one thing that stuck out for me that I really liked in there was just that kind of, social commentary that's happening in there a little bit um you know a lot of a lot of superhero movies cartoon inspired movies don't really hit it as hard as i think falcon and winter soldier hit it in just the second episode you know just with three separate scenes they kind of touched on a lot of things that are going on in you know society today um but they didn't they didn't hammer you over the head with it it was done in a real it, realistic way um, and it happened, the consequences happened and they moved on. Um, so it's not like Marvel's taking this big political stance in my opinion of like, this is what we have to do, da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, this is the real world, you know, of, of comics. 
in our world. So it, it happens. And like Gary said, I really appreciated the fact that they said Baltimore, Maryland in there yeah. uh, when that showed it on the screen. And I was like, are you serious? I was like, yes. You know, always, you know, it's either always Philadelphia, it's New York, it's Washington, DC, it's, you know, San Francisco or something like that, that you always see these cities they go to. And it was kind of cool being from Maryland our or whatever from Baltimore in there. And you see, you know, Baltimore, it show up as Baltimore on there. So. And, and I have uh, to point Zach, out our, uh, our member who's a state police officer, he pointed out that uh, they actually use the uh, accurate Baltimore police vehicles. Right. So point for realism, you know, which, which Zach points out most places don't when they try to portray Baltimore. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. You know, you've got this, um, you know, John Walker, who's, um, you know, who's, who's not Chris Evans, who's not Steve Rogers but is typecast to look like. I mean, they, they're clearly trying to build him to look like the former Captain America. And um, it made me wonder, Jeff, you're talking about Power Broker. Um, and I've, I've not read the comics, but we but John Walker so far is not super powered. And I'm wondering if he starts to get tossed around by those who are, um, if he goes to the Power Broker for, for Super Soldier, you know, abilities if he tries to you know pump himself up you know so that he can handle more um yeah i think he claimed that he wasn't super powered but if you watch that fight scene i mean he held his own i mean we're, we're talking about these are kind of super soldiers here and he's he's battling and it wasn't just because he had the um you know the shield i mean he he certainly seemed to have something going on and the fact that they made the claim that his uh, you know stats were kind of off the charts right. you know it made me wonder is he just saying that but yeah. he really there's something really more going on you know do we do we think uh the the text message that flag smasher got uh, I, I don't remember exactly what it said i think that was like kind of the big maybe mystery of this episode was somebody said you have what's mine i'm going to kill you is that basically right. paraphrasing does any, I, I feel like that's going to be a U.S. agent. Does that, do you guys feel like that's where we're headed? Is that, Gary, is there a reference like that in the comic book? No. He wants um, to be I'm, super powered? Um, in the comic, um, both Battlestar and John Walker are super powered and they got their powers from the power broker. Um, but again, like I said, it was like in this weird realm and era where there is a um, a super powered, super strong pro wrestling circuit, and all the wrestlers were got their powers from the uh, power broker. Um, so I thought that maybe it was the power broker that texted her that that they stole something from the power broker. Makes sense. Mm. See, that's then, what I thought. Ahead, See, that's what I thought when I read when I saw that. I thought it was the power broker coming out saying has contact with her you know because they were like it's him you know in, even in the airport scene they were like it's him he's here um you know well, how long do we have now he's here so i feel like i felt like he was in touch with them you know was able to get in touch with her that way um you know after re-watching it and kind of seeing other people's thoughts i was like well i could probably see maybe john walker doing it but at first and what i kind of stuck with was the fact that it was a power broker like he knows she has some whatever it is that belongs to him and that's what he's trying to get back that makes sense mm -hmm. i also didn't know that the actor that played 
uh, that plays John Walker is Kurt Russell's son. Am I the only one who didn't know that? No, I didn't know that now. Wyatt Russell is Kurt Russell, Goldie Hawn's son. I had no idea until the other day. Interesting. So he's uh, Ego's son. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. I was I was like, wow. I, I, how did I not know that? But yeah, he's Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell's son. So maybe down the line, you could even end up with Walker and the Power Broker in you know somehow in in cahoots with each other, or you know who knows how that will go. Um, Brooks has a theory that, in, in addition to the Young Avengers being set up, that we may also be setting up who Brooks. Um, the dark event, the the dark Avengers, and that would be, um, you um U.S. agent um, 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 I Red Hawk, or Abomination, or White Vision. It could be White Vision. Yeah, basically, where there's one of everybody. So you would have, you know, you could have Abomination, Agatha, who's like off the Scarlet Witch, and one of each of those. That U.S. agent will eventually go get these powers the wrong way, and you'll basically have, you know, the Dark Avengers, where it's one of everybody, you know, kind of the Bizarro bad guy universe team, kind of like the Crime Syndicate in D.C. But I guess that 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 there's a that team exists in Marvel too. Yeah, because we really don't know how all the pieces fit together yet. You know, we've got one piece going with WandaVision. We've got Falcon Winter Soldier going now. We'll have Shang-Chi. We have no idea how that connects to anything or how the Eternals is going to connect to anything. You know, so we the puzzle's not nearly starting to go together yet for how it's all going to, you know, what, what big storyline is going to come together. The one I think that's obvious, though, and, and you guys touched on it earlier, is definitely the Young Avengers. I mean, you see it with the visions. I mean, you you can see, you know, we know Kate Bishop's coming. We know Ms. Marvel's coming. Um, there's, I mean, there's a, a, we know Ant-Man's daughter's coming. So, I mean, that that whole, the Patriots now, would they introduce? So, I mean, they, I feel like that yeah. is pretty obvious, but I think there's going to be some other offshoots of that, too, which are going to be pretty exciting. It's also hard to know so far. You've got the Flag Smashers who, you know, per their worldview, the idea that that after the blip, um, you know, you've got half the population gone and the ones who stay around try to rebuild society and, and, and live, you know, the way they can live. And then everybody comes back and they feel like they've been, you know, their second rate now. And so they want to get back to where they were. So it's not to say they're bad or good, but they certainly are going about things differently. Um, Would they so be worshippers of Thanos? I mean, don't, don't they kind of ideologically align uh, with what he thinks that it's better without fifty percent of the? I mean, I mean, do, I don't even know if they know who Thanos is. I don't know how. You know, I, at some point, I would like to see the the moment where the world explains to the entire world what happened. <laughs> I mean, you got to assume that happened, right? Like, I mean, at some point, somebody has to come out and say, "Okay, you might recognize that fifty percent of the world came back." Here's what happened. So, I mean, I feel like at some point, we got to see that moment. 
But I mean, I don't know. Do they tell them that Thanos, you know, I mean, so are these people going to be allegiant to Thanos as like, since they fall into his, you know, indoctrination? I mean, is that where that's headed? But I don't know. Fair point. I don't know. So, so we've got, we, we're not big fans of John Walker. We don't know what to think of Flag Smashers. We know that, um, you know, at the end of the show, Sam and Bucky are going to see Zemo, who also we don't think highly of. So you don't know who, other than we're going to give it that, that Sam and Bucky are good guys who, who we're going to align with. We don't know really what the playing field looks like yet. which is kind of cool so far. And I love Joe's point earlier about how, you know, they failed on their mission. And one thing I think is going to be really interesting is this phase sets up. None of the heroes that are left, I mean, you know, other than the Scarlet Witch, who's obviously very powerful, but still learning how to do it. We don't have Iron Man and Captain America. I mean, we don't have like the people who know how to do this. You know, that's the first time we've seen the, I mean, other than Infinity War, but I mean, it's the first time we've seen the team on a fairly routine mission Right. Just get their butts kicked. I mean, they lost. I mean, they lost to this team of these. Now they were caught off guard, but they lost. They got their butts kicked. And these are kind of stooges. Like in your Lego world, Brooks, they would be like the Joker stooge guy that just runs. You know, I mean, these weren't even main superheroes. And they got their butts kicked. And I think that's part of this, too, is, you know, these guys are all trying to figure out how to be heroes, mm -hmm. which is interesting. I, I think it's also have a little bit of Bucky holding back because um you know he was trying to follow that don't hurt rule and i think that's why he asked the uh shrink on the way out where he was like what was rule number two yep so mm -hmm. and um which also I, I i love that whole scene the whole therapy scene especially when um, was she's like when they're like do the soul gazing exercise and she's like are you two having a staring contest <laughs> <laughs> and it was i mean the one psychoanalysis moment to kind of take out of that too though where he where he digs deep and he says you know he's dealing with all the the murders he's committed when he was out of, not in his right mind he's dealing with all of the you know being you know a bad guy for you know doing horrible things but then cap still believed in him steve still believed in him and you know and it, and if he then thinks that sam's not right then maybe, so he's questioning his own self-worth, you know, am, am I worthy here? Do I deserve this? Do I, you know, so he's definitely in a deep, dark place, you know, so, so I guess we'll, uh, as we wrap up this segment, any thoughts for what we might see or, or what you're hoping to see in episode three? My dogs had uh, something to say about that. Hold on a second. I thought he said Dougs. I was like, how many Dougs does he have? <laughs> and do we need to rescue all those Dougs? Uh, um, I would say I'm kind of excited to see uh, if I had to pick a scene or something to see if they're going to see Zemo. Um, I would kind of like to see Zemo, like you said, in a room with Bucky and start to repeat these words, mm, this list mm -hmm. to Bucky. Just start kind of like not really kind of just kind of look at him, kind of toy with him and just start saying these words and seeing these words. And I would kind of oh. like to see Bucky kind of that little twitch 
you know, when something that, that the, the hair on the neck, the back of your neck kind of stands up and he kind of, but he fights it off and he looks at him and he's like that, you know, something that does, that's not going to work on me. You know, that kind of showing that it still hits him. He knows what's happening. He knows what it is, but that he has actually passed it, you know, because the, 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 his therapist told him in the first episode, you know, you got your mind back, you know, you, you're, you're on the right path. I would like to see Zemo try to see if he actually does have his mind back. And that That's kind of, awesome. you know, that kind of shiver down his spine of he knows what's about to happen or what could happen, but he takes control of it and is like, that's not going to work on me anymore. Uh, kind of something like that. that. That would be, a, and then just go wherever it goes from there is where it goes. But just that little bit of a, hey, you are past this kind of thing. For me, I would like, I'd like to see that. That'd be cool. Mangolds? Brooks, what would you like to see? I want to see the power broker. I want to see what, I want to see that. I, I mean, it's just an interesting character. And again, not one I'm even familiar with from the comic books, but just great concept. I feel like we have this like setup where we are going to have this Baron Zemo, Zemo as Hannibal Lecter type working from the inside of the prison to help them <laughs> figure out who out there in the world is, you know, doing this. And, you know, maybe, maybe he trades his release for that, but I think that's all going to unfold. I think it's going to be really fun. I want to see the Winter Soldier go like full Martin Riggs this next episode, like uh, the lethal weapon come out, but, you know, he holds himself back the last minute from killing. You know, he kind of just like, because I mean, I don't, I feel like he was holding back in that battle. I think like he could have, because I mean, you know, he took on Cap, like it was nothing as the Winter Soldier, in the Winter Soldier. And then, um, you know, in Civil War, he basically took down the entire Avengers group leaving that building. I mean, like it was nothing. Mm -hmm. So he still has that within him. I think right now he's just kind of at that, you know, it's the whole hero's journey thing. He has to have that test. So I, that probably won't come out the next episode. I'm sure that'll come out closer to the end. Um, you know, Campbell would be like disappointed if they gave it that early or halfway through. So, um, but I'm just looking forward to seeing that part, like where suddenly like he's able to, uh, you know, um, combine the whole uh, Phaedrus aspect with his, uh, you know, current mindset and, you know, fans of the uh, Zen of the art and the art of motorcycle maintenance would uh, understand that concept. But, you know, that whole former him with the new him is kind of like the meld going mm -hmm. forward, you know, it's coming. But I just want to see what that looks like. Sanders? Um, I'm not exactly sure what I want to see happen, but um, it would be kind of cool if they went the direction of now that the drone has been destroyed, uh, Red Wing, I guess it is, uh, if they actually bring in the bird from the comics. <laughs> I thought that would be really cool. I, I, don't, I don't think they will, but I just thought that would be cool. Um, but I, I just want to watch it unfold. Um, I'm just a fan right now. I'm just wanting to see where it goes and how it ties into a bigger picture and see if I could unravel the mystery of what's coming next in the, you know, this, this next phase. So uh, I'm just, I'm just enjoying every week again. I think the one thing that uh, we've seen in the trailers that hasn't materialized yet is Sharon Carter. We, we haven't seen how she ties into the show. 
and, and what role, you know, how that's going to all connect with them. And so, you know, and, and, and with no shield, what is she doing now? What, what is her, you know, affiliation? So. I kind of feel like she's going to be a handler. I think that, you know, maybe from the psychiatrist, the one who's saying that, you know, this, this is how you're going to be released. We're going to have a handler with you. That, I, I don't know. I just kind of see her playing that kind of role. I think that she could be the, uh, the one that they have to bounce everything off of, you know? So I don't know. She's the Bosley for the angels. Yeah. So last week we started with DC and went to Marvel. So now we're, we've started Marvel and James Gunn dropped a, uh, an R rated movie trailer on us, which maybe Brooks hasn't seen all of, I don't know. I let him watch it. I broke down. (laughs) I let him watch it. (laughs) But, um, you know, I, I think everybody's kind of of the same mind. Like everybody's pretty excited for sui- for James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Um, you know, you've got Sylvester Stallone's voicing King Shark, which is kind of crazy. I mean, just hilarious. And he's tearing people apart and you've got all this stuff going on. So I guess uh, I'd love to hear initial reactions to uh, to the trailer. I think this has moved from like, this was, I would say, the DC movie that I was looking most forward to this year. I think it's moved all the way up in my overall scheme of movies. I mean, I think, you know, it looks like just a blast. I would say I'm more excited about this than Eternals, probably more excited about this than Shang-Chi, probably more excited about this than Black Widow. Like, I, it just looks like a lot of fun. I think James Gunn's going to have a blast with this. And... I, you know, I don't know if anybody survives. I, I mean, it just looks great. I love Stallone playing King Shark. I mean, that reveal. I mean, Brooks had like a, oh my God moment when he saw Starro. I mean, the whole thing was just, I thought, I mean, it looks hilarious. It looks fun. It looks like it's going to be great. You got, you know, uh, Cena playing the Peacemaker in this completely ridiculous way. I mean, it just looks like, you know, um guardians of the galaxy times two you know i mean it it just looks awesome to me and it kind of hit me like that with the sorry you said with the guardians of the galaxy mark i was like when i first saw this i was like you know what this kind of reminds me of like that guardians of the galaxy kind of movie where like i saw suicide squad the first one i saw that i didn't mind it i liked it it had its problems obviously but it was okay but then I watched this and I was like, it's got that James Gunn flair to it. The way he does a, like a sense of his movie making to it. And they did like, a, uh, I think they did like a little behind the scenes thing a couple months ago for their DC day. And then you watch this trailer and I, and I got that like guardians of the galaxy kind of fun. These random characters that if you don't, you know, if you're not used to being in the comics, you don't know who they are. Um, like, Outside of like, I think like the ones that were in Suicide Squad last time, I have no clue who any of these characters are. <laughs> like Polka Dot Man and uh, the Peacemaker, all of uh, Bloodsport, um, all of them, no clue as to who they are, what they're all about. You know, the main ones, yes. But it just looks like it's going to be that movie where you are kind of just, in it for the action excitement and just laugh 
uh, of it, you know, and if anything, like that opening scene they showed in the trailer where they're going to rescue Harley and that kind of like comedy of her just being like, what are you guys doing? I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm here for that. You know, I, I can deal with that. Not everything has to be very serious and, you know, superhero type movie of, you know, of this, it can be that whatever. And then, like you said, Brooks losing his mind of like, even I was like, wait, is that Starro? Is that really? <laughs> is that that's what they're going with here? I'm like, okay, I see where we're going with this now. Okay, I'm here for it. So, not to mention, Joe, you talk about like you know characters you don't know, and I think Gunn did that on purpose in some cases so that they are all totally expendable if he wants. Right? To. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> they're all cannon oh, fodder. <laughs> it would just be funny enough that. Just if Polka Dot Man is like the only one that survives at the end. Oh, um, that's Brooks's theory. Yeah, you guys are, man, once again, you guys are right on the same wavelength. Connected. But uh, no, I, I agree, Joe. Just the comedy of it. Like, I laughed out loud at the scene, at most of the scenes, but especially the one where they're like reading the guy the riot act and what gets his head blown up. And like, you know, uh, Rick has the serious thing and then Bloodsport has the serious thing. And then Harley's like, and if you cough without covering your mouth, you lose your head. And, and you know, Flag's like, no, 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 no. But that does not give you free reign to cough without covering your mouth. Right. Yeah. 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 If you have vanity plates. Yeah. Yeah. If you have vanity plates. <laughs> but yeah, it was just, um, I mean, it was just the whole entire thing was brilliant. I mean, each scene that they showed was comedy and if you know james gunn that means that what we saw was just scratching the surface i remember the the, the first time i the i saw the guardians of the galaxy trailer before some movie i don't even remember which one it was obviously it was a million years ago now but they had the scene where they had the lineup where they each in the trailer where they walked in and star lord came and then they showed rocket raccoon and they're all you know they showed um Groot and they should you know they show tracks and they show them all and somebody says god who are these idiots or whatever they said and that was the when i saw that trailer i was like oh my god this movie's going to be awesome you know what i mean like you could tell just from the trailer just from the how they presented that one scene and the way the actors were playing the parts and i felt the same way with this i was like oh my god this movie's going to be incredible it's just going to be hilarious how it fits into the dc you, I have no idea. I mean, I, how, how you can have the Snyder cut and then this is like the follow-up. <laughs> like, I have no idea how that's going to tie together. If it's going to tie together, it feels more like Shazam than right. anything. But I, you know, maybe they're going to figure a way to work it out. But it, it looks like it's it's probably the movie I'm most excited for in our world. You know, this this year. Right. Sanders, your what are your thoughts on it? Uh, it looks hilarious. It just, it looks like it's going to be great. Um, it doesn't look like it's really for kids, which uh, is kind of the way that DC is moving. Um, you know, some of our conversations, we say this, I think most episodes that we have here, that a lot of our great conversations happen before and after we're actually on here. And Mark, you had actually talked about kind of this dark sort of thing that's going on in the DC universe and you know much of the comic books and what's really popular has been like these black label DC comics that are you know more adult driven or the stories that you know the the Dark Knight trilogy and and the dark side of Gotham and really I, I really see that that's where uh, DC's kind of groundbreaking where they're making their own way is that the, they're making these more adult kind of comic things and you know so i think they do that really well 
And I think that that is kind of who their audience is right now. Um, although I want it to be kid friendly, um, it's kind of fun, <laughs> you know, the, the way that they're they're making these stories. Um, but I, I just uh, I, I, I think it's just going to be a bloodbath. I, that's what I think this movie is going to be. I, I just that's think it's going to be gratuitous. I think it's going to be just wild. And uh, and I think that's what it's supposed to be, you know, almost comical, you know. I don't know what you mean about not kid friendly. I, I'm picturing next Christmas, like under every Christmas tree, a uh, a King Shark action figure with, <laughs> with, with the bloody uh, variant of the like enemy that he devours. Well, on Twitter, I don't know if you guys saw it. Somebody was like, I'll, "Let me tell you." They they tweeted at James Gunn. They said, "If you kill King Shark, I'm going to be devastated." And in the picture that they had of of King Shark, he was eating a head and James Gunn's like in that picture he's gnawing on a human head <laughs> and you're talking about how much you love him you know <laughs> somebody somebody did a TikTok of all the scenes of King Shark dubbed over the baby shark song which was hilarious <laughs> it just tearing people apart and all it's like oh man um but this is it, it, it. You get a sense that DC just said, "We love what you did with with Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, what if you could do that with a rated R movie and just, you know, go full throttle?" And and this is what you get. Um, I mean, I think I think kind of Deadpool. I know it's jumping back tomorrow, but Deadpool kind of set that tone yeah. of a rated R comic comic movie being able to do well. You know, I, I think when that came out, that kind of set the bar for a lot of these studios and directors to say, okay, there is an audience who does want a more adult-oriented mm -hmm. storyline or characters uh, in these, you know, and, I, and, I, and I've always been, I always like what movies and franchises can do their universe, but give it to different sectors of the audience so whether you have one that you can take your kid to and you can sit there you can have a nice movie you enjoy it as a family and everything like that or if it's that one where you you know you send that you get a babysitter for the kids you take you go and you sit in the movie theater and you watch king shark eat somebody half rip them in, <laughs> in half you know which was the greatest scene i was like oh my god this is where we're going with this. <laughs> yes, or, or, joe, or joe bear with me you take your kid to the movie and you let them play with this. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that belongs right with the preschool kids play. Yeah, too. you know. There's Joel <laughs> eating Quint. That's great. Just so. Yeah. I mean, but and the, you know, with what Gary was saying, and I think somebody else was saying about like the marketing of it, of this being a rated R movie. Like for me, I'm a collector, so I collect a lot of different things. I collect a lot of what most people would say collectibles but are really toys which is fine so you know i give it once this movie starts to get a little more prevalent you're going to see those things come out and yes you're going to see that king shark action figure you probably will see the variant the bloody variant that comes with it that you can get so you know i think i think these these companies and things they know the marketing strategy of yes it's a rated r movie but we can make these toys and variants to sell to adult collectors, but they're also looking at, you know, you're going to buy it. Your kid's going to see it and be like, mommy, mommy, I want to get, you know, I want King Shark, 
you know, and, and, you know, and they'll have it. So. And, and what I think, Sandra, like DC, I think you're right. I mean, I think this is going to fill that void of Deadpool, but I think DC wanted Harley Quinn to do that. And mm-hmm. they never really figured that out the right way. I don't, I don't think they ever did that. And I think they wanted this to end up being, I think they wanted Suicide Squad to be their Guardians of the Galaxy, but it's going to actually end up being, fitting into that Deadpool realm of the cool, hip, you know, funny, sophomoric sort of R-rated movie. Um, that's just a lot of fun. And then I don't know where they're going to go. With, you know, and Harley Quinn, of course, is in this. But I mean, I think that that they wanted her to be that. This is going to be that. And we'll just have to see where they can go from here. Yeah, and Margot Robbie must really like the Harley character because she made it through Suicide Squad, which I agree, Joe, wasn't, I didn't hate it. I thought it was decent. Um, but then Birds of Prey, less said about that, the better. Um, and, you know, <laughs> And now she's back for this version of Suicide Squad. And, and if this one takes off, I can see her like getting even more roles because she does it well. She plays Harley pretty mm-hmm. well. They they can't they couldn't have cast anyone better, that's for sure. No. Yeah. I mean, I watched Bird it's funny you said that, Gary. I watched Birds of Prey last night because I had never seen it. And it's on HBO Max. So I was like, yeah, it's on my list. Let me go ahead and watch this and see what it was. And like I said, no, I'm I'm not saying it's the greatest movie ever and it was good. There are good parts. Like a lot of movies, like I'm like, as long as I feel like I'm entertained and I don't feel like I want to pause it and just stop the movie or walk out, I'm happy to me. Um, but with, with Harley Quinn or with uh, Birds of Prey, I felt it was like, I was like looking at it from, you're looking at a story being told by a psycho. You know what I mean? Like she, who who is very intelligent as we all know like harley quinn is a very intelligent person you know being a psychiatrist and all that so she kind of floats in and out of that being excessively crazy to being excessively intelligent to be able to you know she can you know figure out other people but can't figure out her own relationships and how she's doing um so yeah but i do think that she they are hanging on to her as a as a piece of this of this DC puzzle that they're trying to put together. I think she's going to be a part of it. So whether it's another, her own movie or just being on this ensemble or where they're going to fit her in, um, in there, it, I think is remains to be seen um, for that. So, and then depending on how you want to look at how the Snyderverse rolls out, you know, how long it is, if, if we know she's going to be killed in there or, you know, are they, are they gonna are they gonna do this alternate timeline and no this wouldn't happen but i do think she's still going to be a character in the dc uh cinematic universe for for a few more movies depending on whatever they do and i'm not sure that Bloodsport gets out of this movie or not you know but the uh i think about my daughters who were big fans of the office where idris elba was charles minor who was the the (laughs) most serious you know kind of you know, just buzzkill in the show. And then you've got, he was Heimdall in, in the MC. <laughs> yeah. And so now all of a sudden you've got him, you know, cussing at, and like, you know, just like within two minutes, you're like, oh, here's something whole, wholly different for him. He's done a, he said he, like, it's kind of funny. He, he's a really good actor because uh, one yeah. of the first things I saw him in was Luther. 
which was a BBC mm. show, and it's like this really, really good show. show. Yeah, yeah, and it's like really dark. And then you see him in some of the other roles, like his comedic roles. But yeah, I mean, and he's and he's also in the Star Trek universe. He played the villain in uh, Star Trek Beyond, the last of the uh, Abrams trilogy. Mm. So he mm. man, he's he's everywhere. And now that there's always rumors that he's going to be the next Bond. Yeah, I've heard that. He was he was in Fast and Furious too. Let's not forget about that. Yep. He was in that franchise. Yeah, he's in it. So basically, he is literally in every franchise that is out mm-hmm. there. I mean, if they restart the Care Bears, he will probably be in that. <laughs> so we so we've got Tim Larimore uh, joining us. You know, af, after work, Tim, did you uh, did you get a chance to see the Suicide Squad uh, trailer? No. No, I did well not. Said, Tim, well said. <laughs> no i call some of the black widow stuff today but i haven't had a chance to catch the suicide squad yet we're just wrapping that up and then we we the other one of the other pieces of dc news that came out this week was that uh pierce brosnan of remington steel and james bond and and other fame is going to be cast as dr fate in black adam where they bring the justice society in um curious what thoughts are it felt a little bit um derivative of of dr strange and benedict cumberpatch to me but yeah i mean it's on the nose but is it too on the nose you know i mean i i think i I think you're dead right mike i mean that's it's perfect but is it too perfect i you know i mean i mean all that being said they certainly could have done a lot worse it's i definitely made me excited about the movie a little bit more you know i mean i think you can tell they're taking it seriously. They're 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 taking the obvious choices and they're making it happen. And I think that movie in particular, like Suicide Squad, feels like that's going to be another you know time that DC is going to get it right. Like this, like the Black Adam movie and this with Doctor Fate again is another one that's outside of my realm. Like I have, I don't know what. Like I know the name Doctor Fate. I know the name Black Adam. You know, I know his connection to. I know of his connection to Shazam, but this is kind of one of those movies that I, I don't know a lot about. Like if you told me characters, oh, this character, that character, I might not know who they are, but those are the kind of movies I feel excited about, like Suicide Squad, like Guardians of the Galaxy when it first came out, like Black Adam, because they're characters that I don't know, so I don't have that preconceived notion of what I feel they should be. Like, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Iron Man, even Falcon and Winter Soldier from the movies, um, <clears throat> Captain America. You have this kind of Thor. You have this kind of notion of who they are from being kids. They're like the big three, as they call them, you know, for everyone, the Trinity. You kind of have this idea of who they are, what they are from being kids, from movies, from cartoons. Um, but these kind of characters like Suicide Squad and, and Guardians of the Galaxy and Black Adam coming up, for me, make me excited because I don't know them. I don't know a lot about them. So I don't have that expectation. Oh, well, they're supposed to do this. They're supposed to show up like this, um, that they're doing something new and something fresh, introducing these other newer characters to me, new characters um, that you don't really get to get a much shine or get to see a lot uh, in uh, modern pop culture. Totally agree, Joe. And like you say, Guardians of the Galaxy, I'd never even heard of when I saw the movie. You know, and and it was an absolute blast. And I've become a huge fan of the comics since. Um, Black Adam, as we know, was a, really more of a villain 
you know, mm-hmm. or at least an anti-hero. And and now I think based on what they're doing in the movies, all of a sudden you've got Brian Michael Bendis putting him in the Justice League, you know. So he's definitely a character who's building popularity and building steam ahead of the movie because of the movie. Yeah, I mean, you get the sense that they were like, you know, the rock would be perfect as Black Adam because he looks like him, right? I mean, <laughs> then and so they cast him and now they're trying to like retcon this whole thing where like he's just super important character i mean the rock keeps saying on social media that like you know he, he's going to change the hierarchy of the of the dcu i don't know that that has ever i mean gary correct me if i'm wrong like i don't know that black adam's ever been the most important person in the dcu no, <laughs> but no. now i mean that, that because it's the rock because he looks like the character they're, they're gonna make him the most important thing because of course it's the rock I don't know how they're going to fit that. I don't know how, you know, they're going to start this almost like, you know, Marvel's doing the Eternals back in forever. He's going to exist with the Justice Society. And then you got to assume he's going to move into the rumors are that Henry Cavill is going to show up in this section of the DCU again. Right. You know, so maybe the next movie is going to be Black Adam versus Superman. But they're they're way overextending where this character traditionally has been but it's the rock and i i, I look forward to it yeah why not they, they're already moving him to the forefront in the comics he's in uh bendis's justice league yep so they're already kind of making that transition and you know he's playing a, an important role in in that book so but you're right other than the jsa and um the shazam comics you know he, he didn't show up a lot and then he's been in a bunch of the comic crossovers and he tends to not save the day he tends right. to have, <laughs> he is like he either is a murder on a murderous rampage or he tries to do it right and just just blows it makes it a complete and total crap show so yeah i'm curious to see how they uh roll that around with a charismatic uh rock now as the the role that's what i'm curious about because most of the things the rock does he's either he he does this he does this kind of thing where he does like a comedy role and then he'll do a serious role or he'll do an action movie and i've always seen him like in that action role you know he's always like the good guy from mm-hmm. from what i can i think most of them, i think I, I think there was one movie he played the bad guy which was a horrible movie to begin with anyway um so i'm kind of curious to see him play the villain the anti-hero uh, kind of thing and somebody can correct me if i'm wrong if he's been in something else that i may have missed well where he played that role so. WWE, he was a bad guy well yeah. true yeah you know that is true he that is true yeah. for a while, that is yeah. true he was a heel he was the anti-hero yeah. for that for a while so so and, and that's what i'm saying i'm not denying that he can do it because it, it is like you said it is the rock um you know and i guess it would that does translate from him being you know the the the, the people's champ to <laughs> uh <laughs> being the people's uh superhero um <laughs> you know what black adam is cooking is cooking that, and that is true when, once you said that that kind of did kind of hit me and the whole time i'm seeing this is i'm seeing i am now seeing the rock in the black adam costume in the ring with the microphone so yes i can so so i can see it I, i'm glad you said that i'm glad you did in say the comment, so, yeah. they're gonna start having them do the smolder <laughs> black adam's gonna do the smolder and the, the, the black adam eyebrow is what yeah. it will be called now <laughs> so yeah 
Uh, that's great. I mean, I do think it's ironic that the one person we don't hear about being in this movie, we've heard about the Justice Society and, you know, there's Henry Cavill rumors, but the one person we haven't heard is Shazam. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, isn't that his bad guy? Like, I, I, you know, it's like his Lex <laughs> Luthor, right? It's his Joker. I mean, is, I mean, am I wrong? I mean, it, he's got the, I mean, That's is he even going to have the lightning bolt at this point on his chest in the costume or are they going to? take that all out which is whatever they do is fine you know what i mean i yeah. the rock i'm happy with it but i mean <laughs> I, there's not even mention of that. to be the best cameo they could ever have is either have kevin hart in there somehow or um shaquille o'neal as steel oh my god <laughs> they should find a way to work that back in you don't want a stone cold steve austin appearance uh I mean, any of those <laughs> Any of those, I would just love to see if they could sneak that into the movie somehow. But the Jonah interesting Hex. thing, Mark, Austin is Jonah Hex. There you go. <laughs> but when you think about if The Rock is going to be the star and he's the foil to Shazam, you almost can't have Shazam, you know, to, to upstage him. So you're better off just kind of rewriting the script a little bit, I guess. Yeah, Absolutely. I can see Shazam being like the stinger at the end of the movie. <laughs> like they do this whole Black Adam movie and then like at the after credits, you know, uh, which is has become a thing in most movies now. Um, is at the very end you see Shazam pop up or come in or some interaction or something or like that right after the very end, that mid-season, that mid-credit roll or something like that. Um, <clears throat> pop it in there. Then whether or not they do a, a Shazam 2, um, then you kind of bring them him in there somewhere or not. I mean, the the way that the tone of the first Shazam movie doesn't lend itself to where I feel like they're taking Black Adam, right. where Black Adam's going to, I think he's going to be the guy. I mean, he's going to be the guy in the DCU going forward because it's the rock. And I think he's going to be, and he is in the comics, he's super powerful. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, he's a really strong character, but they, they can't match him up against, you know, Zach Levi. <laughs> Who's just who was just funny and goofy and right. it, you know it, it, that's gonna be really hard to pull off the tone of that. So I mean I think they're doing the right thing. I just I just think it's funny that there's no Shazam in, the, in this movie. <laughs> so so speaking of super powerful, the uh, the other movie that's coming out this week, um, I'm not sure what to make of other than it's it's you know big names. You've got Godzilla versus Kong. That. Uh, oh, in, in theaters are you watching it gary oh absolutely yeah it's premiere day i'm watching it i dude, i grew up watching all the godzilla movies no matter how cheesy the godzilla looked and um you know just the fact that it's kong and godzilla i remember watching the first trailer and as soon as you see godzilla come out of the water at him i was like yes because <laughs> i'm also the guy that went to see um the opening night i was in the theater watching pacific rim because it was like oh giant Godzilla monsters fighting giant robots. It's like somebody looked into my brain and said, this is the movie just for Gary. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, I will definitely be watching that as soon as it premieres. I'm sure my wife's gonna love that night. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the last one was a good movie. I mean, I've, I've really enjoyed them. Yeah, they haven't been horrible at all. I mean, you know, but also, you're talking to the guy who did not dislike the Matthew Broderick version, yep. the giant salamander. 
<laughs> John Renault is in it. But, and Tim, you're right. I, from from everybody's, I haven't watched the most the more recent ones, but everybody said they're actually pretty good. I mean, they're mm -hmm. good action movies. I mean, you know, what do you want with Godzilla and King Kong? CGI was amazing on on both of them, but the um the storyline the like the first one they kind of had people acting in the movie, but the storyline was about Godzilla, and in the second movie they developed characters and some of the same characters are returning for this movie. So I'm really interested in how that goes. Yeah, I mean you're obviously not going to watch a Godzilla film for its potential to win an Oscar. I mean, you know, you're watching it because you want to see giant monsters stomp through Tokyo or whatever city they're in. And in this one, you want to see two giant monsters just thrash one another. So, I mean, that's basically what you're, I mean, it's like pro wrestling, but with giant animals. Right. <laughs> so, so it like sounds I've, like, I've, go ahead, Joe. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I, I've, I've seen all three of them as well. And I really like out of the three. Like, I really like I, I they're all good but I think Kong was my favorite out of the three like I, I really like the story the Kong story the you know with it and the <clears throat> you always you always see these movies and you're like how do I make a you know 20 story gazilla look real and in you know and if you watch Kong it's it, it was just it looked really good the way they did it um, and apparently in Kong, he's actually grown in size from where the movie Kong was to where he is now. I think because Kong took place in the 70s. I think it's a, it's a 70 era, 70s era movie, Vietnam War, maybe. So over the course of, you know, the decades, he's grown even more to kind of fit that Godzilla size. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because Godzilla is enormously big in, in the movies. And a lot of people were like, well, well, it doesn't scale right. The scale is off with between Godzilla and Kong, you know, but then I think they came out and they said, oh, well, in that time period of his movie, which was set in the 70s, he's grown and still continued to be. He was like an adult, not adult, like a teenager. They were somebody had said, I watched him, uh, one of those uh, shows that talk about. Uh, review the trailers and stuff so but I, i'm very i'm like gary I, first day that night when i get home from work you know it's dinner and we're watching godzilla vs car or converse <laughs> godzilla. let's let's go let's see what happens here i'm not hard to please when it comes to science fiction movies <laughs> so, so what i'm hearing is next week we will be uh falcon winter soldier episode three and king kong versus godzilla you know for our uh, <laughs> our opening fairs i think that's yeah. fair it's you know it's a big deal. They're 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 promoting it. They're they're pushing it, and I guess I, I mean it comes out Wednesday on in regular theaters and HBO Max, but it I it debuted this past weekend in IMAX theaters and went and broke all kinds of records from what I understand. Yeah. So the world wants to see it, and I think that puts us at about our hour where we we so we've covered a little bit of DC. We've hit falcon winter soldier and um we'll have a lot to talk about next week on the way out did you want to mention some comics coming out tomorrow oh sure um that's one thing it, it, it's been a fluid show um you know over the last few weeks as there's been just more to talk about than we you know we know what to do with with the snyder cut or the end of wandavision or the beginning of um 
Falcon Winter Soldier. So we've been breezing over some of the comic releases. But we do have um, some stuff coming out this week. There's been some great stuff going on in the comic book world. Um, you know, we talk about, you know, Jeff mentioned the Black Label stuff that DC is doing. One series that they've had going uh, that's now in its ninth issue is Tom King doing Stranger, uh, Strange Adventures, not Stranger Things, and, uh, and which is a Black Label. <laughs> Tom King doing Stranger Things could be really interesting. That would be great. <laughs> but so Strange Adventures number nine is coming out. Um, you know, in, in other King news, uh, Batman Catwoman number four is coming out. Anything else that uh, folks are looking forward to? I'm looking forward to Hickman's uh, next issue of X-Men is coming out, which is literally the only X-Men series I'm down to following right now because I like Jonathan Hickman so much. But it's uh, continuing just the thread that he had kind of dropped at the beginning. And it's like one of his only two-parters because he's been doing a lot of done-in-ones throughout this series. And this is the second part to, um, well, the first part because you can't have a second without a first part. But no, it's the second part to the last issue that came out. Um, and then there is another X-Men book that's coming out tomorrow that, that has been really interesting. And it's um, it's X-Men Legends, where they're letting some of the uh, former creators come back and finish stories that they wanted to finish back in the day. And um, one of the big ones was there was a third Summers brother and it never got finished by the writer who created it. Another writer came along and changed who it was, but now they're letting this guy come back and do it. And I'm really looking, and it's canon. So I'm curious to see how he reconciles that with the other third Summer Brothers story. And it's his original choice, his original story. Um, so I'm looking forward to kind of reading that. I like uh, I like the writer a lot, Fabian. I, how do you say his last name, Jeff? Do you know? I don't. Okay, cool. I'm not going to try because I don't want to insult him by trying to say his last name. Um, but no, so those are the two things. It doesn't seem like there's a whole lot coming out tomorrow. So I will say if, if you're a fan of like offshoot kind of cult classic Marvel characters, Beta Ray Bill has his own comic coming out tomorrow, which if some folks will know, Beta Ray Bill from the Walt Simonson Thor run you know, who, who then has come back into, I think he's popped up in Jason Aaron's run. He's popped up in Donnie Cates' Guardians of the Galaxy. He's in, you know, he pops up in Cates' Thor run. Um, so he's kind of this, I don't know how you would describe him, kind of a horse, half part horse looking, part human, you know, guy who can wield Mjolnir. Um, but he's he's an interesting character, and I, and some folks are really looking forward to his his series coming out. That's what stood out to me. Uh, you sent around, you know, comics that were coming out, and that that jumped out at me. So I'm excited about that. And if you're a Red Sonja fan, I'm sure there will be a Red Sonja <laughs> out tomorrow. There's always a Red Sonja book out on Wednesday. Now they there is a. Um, and I don't know whether it's an anniversary of the character. There's a series coming out that's Man-Thing kind of versus the Avengers or something. And Man-Thing is Marvel's answer to Swamp Thing, I guess. I don't know who came first. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it didn't grab me, but I did see it was there. 
an interesting story about that is um both the creator of swamp thing and the creator of man thing were roommates so there was always a question who stole the idea off of who because they both premiered like within years of one another too it was really kind of a mm. funny thing um but uh, also tomorrow, and I haven't read it. I was going to wait till the trade, but the fourth issue of the U.S. Agent Limited series is out, which, you know, that's kind of timely with the uh, mm -hmm. Falcon and the Winter Soldier show, almost as if Marvel planned it. Better. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it, I've probably been reading more of the independent stuff, but um Issue number five of Donny Cates' crossover comes out. I, to me, that's one of the things I look forward to of, of most oh, of, of any comic. So I think that will uh, will wrap us up for the evening. We appreciate everybody tuning in, and uh, we'll have much more next week. Absolutely. Jeff will give you the Red Sonia comic from tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, for sure. All right. Have a good night. Have a good night, all.